Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. I'm so close to being a household name. This is Dan Patrick. <laughs> hour two on this Friday, and Fritzy has made it through one hour. And looks like he's going to stay around for another hour. The plan is to do two-thirds more of this fine program. All righty. Well, we're glad to have you on this Meet Friday. Coming up, we'll talk to the head of the NFL Players Association, Demoris Smith. We'll also talk to Jay Billis, great college basketball analyst, and North Carolina head coach Roy Williams will join us in the final hour of the program. North Carolina has Duke coming up this weekend. If you'd like to watch, you can. You have no excuse now. Everybody has YouTube. YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. All three hours. And now we have, I believe, 13 or 14 cameras in here. We're following everybody doing everything. And some things they probably shouldn't do or we shouldn't show on TV. But that's the fun of it. Also, Fox Sports Radio. Proud to be in their lineup and our great radio affiliates around the country. And uh, we got a poll question, McLovin, if you'll get to the question and the results. Okay, if you could hire one color analyst, who would it be? Peyton Manning is leading, then Collinsworth and Romo are second and third, and then Aikman is fourth. Okay. Caleb in Oregon joins us. Good morning, Caleb. What do you have for us? Hey, Dan, just a little story to brighten your Friday up. Uh, Yesterday I uh, called into the Dave Ramsey show, the personal finance guru. And when I got on air, he said, uh, Caleb in Oregon, what do you got for me today? And I started off by saying, hey, Dave, 510. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong show. That's funny. Well, thank you, Caleb. Thank you for calling in, giving us your height and weight. And people want to know, where did that come from? That came from Rob Dibble. When Rob Dibble, the former relief pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, he would always, he was just health conscious, lifting weights, and he would always come in and tell me how much he weighed. And it just got to the point where we, we started making fun of it, and then the audience, which is you know a very smart audience, they called in and started giving their height and weight sort of to make fun of Rob Dibble always doing that. And uh, it just continued, whether it was at ESPN or once we started this show, people giving their height and weight. So that's uh, where it came from. The NFL Players Association sent out the collective bargaining agreement to the players yesterday, 456 pages long, and the players have until next Thursday night to vote. Can you read this thing in 400, like all 456 pages? You got to give me bullet points or the Cliff Notes version of this just to go through that. But you got until next Thursday night at midnight to vote. And I think I probably speak for the average football fan. We just want to know what what is football going to be like? What are Sundays going to be like? How many games are going to be in a schedule? When does that change? When, when does playoff football start? The NFL seems to have tailored the contract to appeal to a wide, you know, wider range of players when you think about it. Because Aaron Rodgers, you got uh, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, 
they were vocal that they didn't like this. But I think most players in the league are going, hey, this makes the most sense for me. It's the haves and the have-nots. You need only a little over 50% to push this through, and early reports are it looks like it's going to pass. And again, I don't expect you to dive into the weeds, and when we have you know, DeMora Smith on, I don't want to dive into the weeds either. Tell me what I need to know. I was just curious, 17-game schedule, could you have gotten this deal done without a 17th game? I knew that the playoffs were coming, that we were going to add a couple of wildcard teams, so I'm not surprised at that, but... If you're a player, I, I wouldn't want to play another game if I was a player. Now, I understand if you're one of those guys who makes the minimum, you, you will want to play. But could you have gotten this deal done without that 17th game? And I think that was where the leverage was, getting that 17th game. And you got you know some more playoff games as well. I don't even know when the 17-game schedule will go into play because that's kind of tricky in figuring out, do I get an extra home game this year and then it's a road game next year? Uh, Demar Smith joining us on loan from the NFL Players Association, and uh, good morning, Demaris. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are you? Big shout out to the uh, the Danettes. Hope everything's good with you. Yeah, but I was curious that uh, is this a victory lap you're taking? Uh, right now, uh, no. I'm in my backyard playing with the dog. So uh, I fly to Miami with our player reps. Um, uh, this weekend, uh, the, the the vote is in the hands of the players. We believe in a democracy. So uh, other than the victory lap with me chasing the ball, that's the only victory lap I'm doing right now. Could you have gotten this deal done without a 17th game? Um, it was clear from the owners, not an early deal. So I, I just assume you mean the, the deal that's on the table yeah, now. Yeah. They conditioned the early deal on a 17th game after they rejected uh, the players' opening proposal to do an early deal based on a 16-game schedule. Give me the details, though, from the players' perspective on a 17th game. What what are the biggest concerns here, besides the obvious one with just an extra game that you can get hurt? Right. I think that's primarily it. I mean, we... Certainly uh, don't – I haven't talked to many players who would prefer to play a 17th game. I think if players had their druthers, uh, there's some who would want a 14-game schedule. Um, But there's also players that I've talked to who said um, that a 17th game uh, schedule would be okay if there were X, Y, and Z built around it, and and that X, Y, and Z for a union revolves around better wages – uh, better hours, uh, better working conditions, and better benefits. And that's what this deal has in it. And I certainly understand, and, and you know, nobody understands uh, better than me, um, after going through a lockout in 2011 where the owners wanted to have the unconditional uh, right to move to 18 or even 21 games. Oh, man. I certainly understand that fight, um, and we, we capped that in, in 2011, and that was one of the, if you remember, one of the major issues in the 2011 lockout. Um, but coming up with an early deal package that contained um, many of, if not virtually all, of the top issues that our players identified both during the, the rep meetings and during the time when I was out with the teams, that's what's on the table. Um, but, you know, this is a democracy, and, and I understand that democracies can be messy. We can, we can turn on and look at the primaries right now and know that that's, that's true. Um, the men make a decision where 
everybody is heard and, and everybody gets an opportunity to vote. And that's all I can ask for. What happens, though, when you read J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson making public comments about this? Your role after you read or hear those comments is what? Um, my role doesn't change. I'm a union leader. And, you know, if I look at... Um, but you don't reach like, out to them individually just to say, hey, you know, share this with me. You know, let's don't, right. let's don't put this out here unless everybody knows exactly what's involved in all of this. Yeah, you and I have known each other long enough, you know, and, and you know I never really talk about my conversations, my private conversations with players. Um, I see their their public mentions, but I also, I guess where I was going with being a union leader is um, we're in a world where people uh, have platforms to express their opinions, and I would much rather have a world where guys feel free and um, and certainly nobody feels any constraint um, um, nature to voice their opinion. I'd rather have that than people who feel like that they're afraid to voice their opinion or, or fear that uh, there's some sort of retaliation. You know, one thing we can, birth, we can both agree on, we certainly don't have that. So um, I would much rather live in a world where our guys believe that they have a voice, that this is run like a democracy. And as a union leader, you, you simply take what people want to say publicly um, as part of the process. When is this 17-game schedule going to be implemented? Um, that depends a lot on when uh, the owners would want to do it. Um, you know, they are looking at uh, the, the opportunity to literally tear up the current TV deals, which for, uh, for the most of them don't expire until 2022. They want to negotiate new television deals, um, preferably with, with Labor Peace, because those TV deals will be substantially larger if there's Labor Peace. The what would be the earliest that we would have a 17-game schedule? Probably 21 at the earliest. Okay. Um, but a lot of that depends, I think, on the television deals, of which the players get 55%. Why was it so important to – it felt like this was being expedited, and I got a little nervous as I was looking at this, that if the owners want it and want it expedited, then I worried how good a deal it was. Yeah, and I, I think the, that is probably one of the most unfortunate and, um, um, and, and, and incorrect narratives that's out there. Okay. Um, we started meeting with our players in 2019, uh, actually going back to 2017, telling them to get ready for a work stoppage. In 2019, we had three days with the largest player rep meeting that we've ever had, listing all of the issues that were important to players. In April, May of 2019, those players actually put together a proposal um, and gave it to the owners. So that was almost a year ago. So this process actually started nearly a year ago where we took the, the ideas and, and certainly the theme that came out of the meeting last year was we had to do something to take care of the, the core players, the majority of our players, to make sure that they had better wages, um, uh, more control over their working conditions, and certainly better, better benefits. Uh, but that process started a year ago. I know that, that you know, sometimes the public doesn't really focus on things until they bubble up in the media. But to say that this was somehow rushed or expedited um, is not only um, n- not, you know, not, not the right narrative. It's just utterly inconsistent with the facts. 
Um, I think the other thing that, that perhaps people don't understand is a lot of these negotiations also centered around many of the, the positives from a new collective bargaining agreement actually going into effect a year early. So our deal doesn't expire until March of 2021. Uh, virtually all of the benefits of this new collective bargaining agreement, including the, the 20% raise for the core players, goes into effect a year earlier than we would if, um, if we waited until expiration. He's Demoris Smith, the executive director of the NFL Players Association. A couple things that uh, came to mind when I saw this, like why 10 years, and I don't believe there's uh, an opt-out, and it feels like it's the haves against the have-nots here in your union. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, let me do the second one first. Um, you know, I, I truly believe um, in this union. I, I, I do. And when I took this job over in 2009, um, I made a commitment to make sure that our players were more involved, and, and they have been, um, that players were going to be forced to, to make decisions, and, and they have been, and that we were going to be a union um, that included representation by, by former players, and, and, and thankfully we have a system now that is far more inclusive of, of all of the rank and file, including former players. So, you know, to your, your point of the have versus the have-nots and the perception of that, mm-hmm. I, I can't really do anything about the perception. All I know is that um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a is a rep. Um, Kirk Cousins is a is a is a rep. Uh, when we went through the lock, lockout, Tom Brady um, was a rep. Drew Brees was on the executive committee. On the other hand, you've got guys like Nick Sunberg and Zach Diasi who uh, are not star players, but they're also reps and on the EC. So I can't really do anything about the perception. I know that our leadership is made up of a cross-section of, uh, of players, and I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Um, with, you know, to, to, your, to your first question, um, you know, this is, this is still a democracy, and, um, and, and I'm never going to really apologize for that. You think you could take Roger Goodell? <laughs> Are you talking about a arm wrestling, yeah. a race? How about uh, arm wrestling? Oh yeah. All right. What if you went into the octagon? Well, uh, I'm a little bit of a germ guy, so uh, the fact that there's already blood on the floor would make me a little squeamish. But other than that, um, I'm I'm still pretty confident. Yeah. How about we set that up? <laughs> I love the fact that I can expect a completely off the wall. <laughs> well, you know this show, and you're in pretty good shape. I, you know, I figure, and, you know, Goodell's kind of he's rangy. He, he's rangy. He's got uh, he's got uh, he's got a little bit of height on me. And and look, I, I think it would be a pretty good fight. Do, do I think I'm uh, I'm probably the first person who would cheat? Yes, uh, that's that's is not part of the game. Yeah. So if we had to go into an octagon and there was a WWE folding chair nearby, well, you know. <laughs> That's what you have to use. Have you ever been mad enough that you wanted to punch him? <laughs> like in your mind. Uh, hey, what's your next question? Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey yo. Um, yeah, the, the closest I get to physical activity now is watching my son play for, for Maryland lacrosse. That's about, 
that's about as good a shape as I'm in. I can make it into the stands, and I can make it out of the stands. That's about it. Well, good luck with this. Uh, it, you sound pretty good for, <laughs> you know, we got got a little bit of, is there a Cliff Notes version of this, though, DeMorris? Like, 456 pages. Come on. <laughs> uh, there is a Cliff Notes version that we sent out to all of the players and all of the agents. You know what? I know a guy who knows a guy. I'll make sure I send one to you. That's great. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Take care, guys. And that's uh, DeMore Smith, NFL Players Association president. I was wondering that because I've been in a negotiation before where you just get to the point where you go, I'd like to just lean over and smack you. I, I, I've been there before where you're just going, man, I'd like to smack you. Just, just us in the room, just smack you. Yeah, Paul. Is that the reason they had the huge conference room table so you can't go over the top of it in, in the middle of a, like a corporate takeover? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't, I've been in the big room at the mothership where they had a big table. NBC, just, uh, I was across from somebody at a desk, and then I've been across somebody... Uh, at a desk at the mothership as well, where you're discussing these things. But you just want to go, did you really say that? I'd like to just smack you. I think we should uh, call the commissioner, Roger Goodell, just the arm wrestling question, just to see if you know the you know, commissioner would join us just to answer one question. That's fair. Because I don't want to ask him any other questions. That I might be able to get him on if I just say, hey, I'm not going to ask you anything other than arm wrestling. That's it. We may just get an email statement back, though. I don't that's know okay. That's give me a I would love for the NFL to issue a statement. Uh, the commissioner uh, declines uh, DeMar Smith's invitation. Are you going to send the uh, email, Tom? I totally will. If, you, if you're yeah, cool sure, with that, I will ahead. send that right now. Yeah, we just had DeMar Smith on. He said he could take the commissioner arm wrestling. Uh, would the commissioner care to comment? <laughs> you know I'm going to do it. Or he could join us. Would, would the commissioner like to join us? That'd be good. Uh, Jay Billis will join us. He's on campus at the University of Dayton, my alma mater, as uh, College Game Day is coming to town, and they'll find an unbelievable environment there. It's always been one of the great home courts in all the college basketball. They, uh, and they got a great team this year. So uh, Jay Billis will join us coming up. Ben in Indonesia joins us now. Hey, Ben, what's going on? Hello, Mr. Patrick and Danette. Yes, I'm in Bali, Indonesia, 82 kilograms, 170 centimeters. All right. Well, welcome to the program. What's, uh, what's going on? Uh, are you able to watch on YouTube? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I've been out here for the last four years just listening to the podcast, and that's it. But when you said last week that you're going to be on YouTube, I could not wait until my Friday night, which is now almost Saturday morning, in about 40 minutes, instead of watch you live and finally be able to call in and just say, thank you for what you do. That's pretty much it. Well, thank you, Ben. Uh, also, they... to chime in on the poll question. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, so Troy Aikman would be my color commentator. Uh, he won two, uh, three Super Bowls for us, of course. Romo did not win enough playoff games, even though he is great at his job. So I would definitely pick Troy Aikman on that as well. All right. Well, thank you, Ben. We've heard from you know fans around the world, uh, and I'm big in Bali, but China, Japan, um, who else did we hear from? Uh, Canada. A lot of uh, Canadians have been able to watch the show. Yes, McLovin. 
You know, he brought up Aikman. Didn't Aikman tell you he wants out of the broadcasting game? It just dawned on me that there might be another big opening. Well, he's, he might go, hmm, man, this might be too tough to pass up if that's the going rate. He said he'd like to be a GM at some point. I thought it sounded sooner rather than later. We could pull the clip. Like, it seems like he really wants to do that. I just got, I got a copy of the Cliff Notes version of the NFL Players Association, the collective bargaining agreement. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll keep this for. Uh, oh yeah, it's here. I've got it. I got the Cliff Notes version. I don't know how many pages it is. Uh, coming up on twenty-one after the hour, Jay Billis will coming uh, join us coming up next, and we'll get to your phone calls. Roy Williams, North Carolina head coach. I was surprised that Roy Williams is coming on because this has not been a good year and it might not get any better Saturday at Cameron Indoor. But Roy's had a bad year, almost historically bad year for him and Carolina. So we'll talk to Roy Williams in an hour from now. Take a break. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. There's a guy here who works on the show, uh, Alan, our IT guy, who also uh, cooks a lot. He's sort of like the IT chef, we call him. Uh, a lot of people don't know that he's actually super into surfing. He absolutely loves surfing. And you can tell when he's been working on your computer because there's always some type of live stream up of a surfing competition somewhere all over the world. And uh, I was really excited to tell him about this podcast, actually. It's brought to you by the World Surf League. Uh, it's called The Lineup with Dave Prodan. It's taking you on a deep dive into the world of surfing. Dave talks to everyone in the field on a level that both surfers and non-surfers can appreciate, which is really good because while I don't surf, I always have uh, loved sort of that lifestyle and that culture because surfing is absolutely a lifestyle. You can listen to The Lineup with Dave Prodan today on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's World Surf League's The Lineup. Check it out on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcasts. 66% of men are losing their hair by 35. Once you notice thinning hair, it can be too late. It's 2020. Medicine and science can help you do something about it. Grab the new year by the follicles. Hims helps guys be the best version of themselves with FDA-approved products. The best part? No awkward in-person doctor's visits. Oh, I hate the doctor's visit. Answer a few quick questions online. A licensed physician will review and determine if it's a prescription that's right for you. I highly recommend you check them out before it's too late. Dive into 2020 hair first. Our listeners can get started with their first month for free. Go to forhims.com slash Patrick. That's forhims.com slash P A T R I C K. Guys, it's 2020. Don't wait till it's too late. You got to check out Hims. Again, that's forhims.com slash Patrick. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Three months minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Oh, we got a response from the NFL commissioner's office. Fritzy sent an email. We had Demora Smith on. He's the head of the NFL Players Association. And I said, could you take Roger Goodell and arm wrestling? Fritzy just sent a note to the head of PR with the NFL. And it says, we just had Demora Smith on the program last segment. Of course, we'd still love to have the commissioner back on the program. But in the meantime, Dan playfully asked Demora Smith if uh, he could take the commissioner in arm wrestling match. D said that he believes he could. Would the commissioner have a little fun with us and pop on with Dan briefly? Uh, or a response I can share with Dan. And then he gave the studio hotline. Always appreciate the time. And the response you got was, 
Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Okay. All right. Less than 60 seconds after it was mm-hmm. said. you got to respect that. So not even a statement on the arm wrestling. Thanks, but no thanks. thanks That's okay. No they, they, they respond right away. Whether we like the response or not, they always get back to us quickly. <laughs> we're, we're slowly breaking them down. Maybe we'll get the commissioner on. I signed up to do this five more years. Maybe do we have the commissioner of the NFL on over the next five years? Is this a real bet? Like a real bet? Like, Yeah. No way. The commissioner of the NFL. Well, what if Roger Goodell's not the commissioner? It's oh, somebody else. Maybe. Okay. I think it's been, I got checked, but I think it's been you and he was, I think, 2011. What happened? Did anything happen between us? <laughs> I don't know if I could answer this one. Oh, all right. Well, I'm just curious because, you know, there's a lot of things that we've, we'll have one side on and we always try to get the other side as well. But we'd love to have the commissioner on. Apparently there's something Paulie wants to tell me off the air. I guess we can't get him on any fewer amount of times. <laughs> I don't think he wants to be on a show where he's going to get actual tough questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, don't bury that. That's, yeah, I think a, he wa- that's I th- a compliment for us. I think a lot of commissioners, but some commissioners want a soft seat when they do play. Uh, Steve in Spain just emailed to say, hey, uh, I've been here for two years, and now I get to watch the show, and uh, it's made uh, the transition from uh, American life to Spanish life a lot easier. Love you guys on YouTube. Keep up the great work. Thank you. All right. Well, that's very nice. We're hearing from uh, fans around the world including Jay Billis, ESPN College basketball analyst. You can see Jay Billis tomorrow morning on College Game Day, live from the University of Dayton. They start at 11 a.m. Eastern. And I like how the, the uh, promo says, you can see Jay, but nobody else, apparently, on that show. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really nice, Jay. Well, it's kind of like your show is, is promoted. I don't, I don't see a lot about the Danettes being, uh, being out front. Oh, they get a lot of attention here. They get a lot of pub, far more than they should, Jay. Yeah, well, maybe maybe I'll have that change and say the Jay and the Jayettes will, will be on college game day. <laughs> Where are you right now? I'm actually in Dayton right now uh, at the hotel. We're oh, okay. staying right across from Dayton uh, UD Arena, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. So I, I haven't been here in a number of years, uh, so it's really nice to be back because I used to do the Atlantic Ten was was the league I did when I first started with ESPN. So uh, I've, I've, it's kind of an old stomping ground for me. I, you know, just trying to prove yourself as an analyst um, in basketball, working your way up, and you go back to those A ten days and. You know, do you did you get any feedback on how to get better at being an analyst on TV? Sure, and and a lot of the feedback came from from coaches within the league, and there there was sort of an ownership feeling that you got in in you know having that league because it wasn't as high profile, obviously, as the ACC or the Big East or the Big Ten. And uh, but back then, uh, you know, Skip Prosser was the coach at Xavier, and uh, and Oliver Purnell was at uh, was here at Dayton. Uh, and you know you had uh, Al Skinner was at Rhode Island, and Rhode Island wound up being you know they almost went to the Final Four in 1998 uh, when when Jim Harris just after Al left for Boston College. So you had great players in the league and uh, really good coaches, and uh, so it was it was a lot more fun to start out that way. And and I still look back on it. I don't know how you look back on on the start of your career, but I still look back on it. It was as much fun as I've ever had uh, in in the business was was that that time when you uh if you set the scene for college basketball if you were summing up college basketball for somebody who didn't watch hasn't watched this year 
Like, what would be the number one story in college basketball? Well, it, it has been a year of of the little guy and a year where we don't have any recognized, overwhelming uh, favorites. And usually you'd have teams like Duke or North Carolina or Kansas or Michigan State where they're, they're beating Kentucky, uh, like say 2015. The, uh, the, the story that year was Kentucky can go undefeated. They're that good. And then the other two teams that are going to be in the Final Four, Wisconsin and Duke. And if, if those three aren't there, then there's been an earthquake or some other catastrophe that's kept that from happening, or a virus that's kept that from happening. Um, this year, I, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen or feels like they know. And th- I think we say that about the NCAA tournament every year. Boy, it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. But but this year seems different. It seems more like 2010, where where we felt like it was a quote unquote down year, but we didn't we didn't really know what was going to happen. And and oddly enough, that's when you know that's when Butler goes to the the championship game, and they did that two years in a row when we thought, hey, college basketball is a little bit down. And uh, Kansas is, is the best team I've seen. Uh, Dayton's not far off, but outside of outside of that. Uh, there is there is a real feeling, not of anybody can win, because I don't think that's fair. I don't think anybody can win the championship. But but more than ever, uh, you get the feeling that man, anybody can lose. Like anybody can <laughs> anybody can lose in the second round. And I don't usually feel that way. Well, that you know, it goes back to when you're trying to pick your fell out your brackets and you're trying to pick somebody who can win six games. Yes. And- and and I, it's really hard. Kansas is the one team I think could win six games. I don't know if there's another team. Baylor, I, I'm not quite sure. Um, even my alma mater. Like, winning six games is really difficult because you're going to have one or two close games where you're going to need a little bit of luck or, you know, somebody's going to hit a big shot. And I don't know if you – if I gave you Kansas and I took the field or the other way around, what would you do? I would probably take Kansas and because they're, they're as close to – uh, there's no, no sure thing, but but they're, they're they've been the most consistent. They are one of only two teams, I believe, that are in the top ten in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Like this year, more than any other I can remember, you know, you, you've got a team that's that's top five on offense and they're top fifty on defense. Uh, so everybody seems like they've got a hole somewhere, and everyone has shown a vulnerability, and everyone has been beaten by somebody that shouldn't have beaten them. That, that you believe, and uh, so it's sort of the anybody can lose thing. Like I, I can see all these teams losing, but there are only about ten of them, to your point, that I can see uh, maybe nine winning six and, or having the chance to win six. Obviously, only only <laughs> only four of them are going to win win four games, and only two of them are going to win win five. But only one wins six, and uh, and you know I only think there there are nine teams that can do that. Jay Billis is joining us from uh, University of Dayton. Tomorrow morning, college game day live from uh, UD. They start at 11 a.m. Eastern on the mothership. And then going to Duke, the call of North Carolina Duke. That'll be uh, on Saturday at 6 Eastern on, on ESPN. We got Roy Williams on next hour. And I, I'm, I'm surprised he's joining us. I mean, this, this has been a really tough, tough year for Roy Williams. Uh, what do you make of that Carolina situation here? that he's joining you because he is a stand-up guy and and this has been extraordinarily difficult i think for everybody involved to have a to have a year like this and i know there are a lot of coaches out there saying welcome to the club you know this happens to us all the time uh 
Um, but one, one of the great things about Roy Williams is, is while it's been frustrating, he has not taken it out on the players. Uh, I, I said pretty early on with Carolina that it's not a vintage Carolina team. It is not, it is not like last year where they had, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, first round draft picks and Kobe White and Cam Johnson, all that stuff. And they had older players and, uh, uh and it was a number one seed. It's not that type of team and was not going to be no, no matter what, but they've had all these injuries throughout the year. But even with that, I felt like they were far better than they had played. And now, maybe the last five games, but especially the last three, they're starting to play like that. And they've lost a bunch of one possession games where they're, you know, in years past, they weren't in one possession games against those teams. But the last three games, they're starting to show signs that they're, you know, they can, they can beat anybody. And so that's going to make tomorrow night at Cameron even more interesting. And then it's going to make the ACC tournament interesting for them because they've got to, I think they have to win the tournament. I think everybody agrees with that. They got to win the tournament to make the NCAA tournament. And if they had played this way throughout the course of the season, they wouldn't be, uh, you know, in this situation. They, they'd be a tournament team. But, uh, the, the impressive thing to me, Dan, about, about Carolina is, well, while this has been tarred and it would have been easy to quit, their players haven't quit, especially Garrison Brooks, man. That dude is a stud. And Roy has not quit. He's not quit on them, and he's, and he's, he's kept positive with them. And that, that's really made a positive impression on me. At what point do you think this coronavirus uh, is, is going to create a larger concern? I, I, I brought this up two days ago because I said we don't have that huge sporting event other than the final four where you're going to get, you know, 80 to 80,000, you know, fans into a building. Uh, at, at what point do you think it's, it's going to be, let's get nervous going to a basketball game time? I don't know. I, that, that's way over my pay grade. I mean, I'm not nervous about it. I'm, I'm traveling all over the place and I have had doctor friends of mine saying, Hey, you know, when you can drive, you should drive stuff like that. But I just don't see, I don't see the need to, to change the way I'm doing anything other than be a little bit more careful about, you know, washing my hands and all that, the normal, but, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty clean <laughs> no matter what, you shouldn't feel, feel a problem shaking hands with me. Um, but I, like, I don't, I don't see the whole, like, I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, fist bumping or arm bumping, like some of these conferences are saying now after the game. Uh, but, but things can change. So, uh, look, I, I trust the, the folks at the NCAA, they put on great events and they know how to put on a great event. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll be vigilant about what, what's best for everybody. And, uh, when you get a chance, when you go on campus and you see my statue, um, you know, just take a picture if you want and maybe stop, uh, just well, to I, admire it. It's funny you say that because I tripped over it the other day. Oh, um, oh, it's yeah. It's not as it's the not base as large of, it. of a statue. It's not not the base. It's oh. not as large of a statue as you think. I heard it blocks out the sun. Well, funny, you know. I mean, I think you saw the the sort of in depth reporting I did <laughs> on on your time at Dayton, and uh, and it, it was really funny. Like I had to explain to the players who are amazing. You got great players here. Um, you know, they were asking, "Well, when was Dan Patrick here?" And I said, "Well, if you've ever heard of Bing Crosby or watched I Love Lucy, wow. like I Love Lucy was the top show back then, and Bing wow. Crosby was the number one. That that was the time frame, wasn't it? Don May was here as a player, and Jim Paxson." Oh, Paxson was there. So that was the seventies. Okay, Don May was the sixties. I thought it was the sixties. Was I mistaken there? Uh, yeah, uh, Donnie May was in the sixties. Uh, Jim Paxson in the eighties. 
Okay, late seventies, well, early eighties. Yeah. It didn't really matter to the players. They That's had okay. No idea. I, I don't know where, where this. Okay. I, don't, I don't know where this came from, Jay. I really, I really don't. I, I, <laughs> I, I've championed your cause when ESPN was going to get rid of you because you wanted to go work for CBS. Like I championed your cause. I call. I called George Bodenheimer and I said, "Look." Billis, not much of a player. Nothing else going on. Law, you know, being that lawyer, that hasn't worked out that well. He's lost his hair. I mean, come on. Let's keep him employed. I, I helped you. Days, I miss the days when I would come on your show and you would introduce me as the mean-spirited <laughs> Jay Billis. Yeah. Like, this I miss is, those days. This is, you're, you're back. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> you, you see, you've lost your edge. You know, you're, you're all nice to me now. You, the, when you, you used to bring me, do you remember this? You used to bring me on, you'd say, and now, the mean-spirited Jay Billis. Yes, because you were. <laughs> Let's get, I'll get back to that if you want me to. <laughs> yeah, it's nostalgia for me. Yeah, I'll try to do that. But uh, safe travels. I said if Herb Street would give me his jet, then I would fly in there for tomorrow's show. But I didn't hear back from Herbie. To the Dan Patrick show, where I, I showed the uh, the plane that I was going to bring. It was a biplane. <laughs> I think it was last used for the Great Waldo Pepper. <laughs> well, you're the Wright brothers are there in Dayton. <laughs> I mean, we got everything going on, so yeah, it's a, it's a shame you're not here. Well, it'll be great atmosphere. I I tell people that you know there's a reason why they give them the uh, the first four in that opening game because. Dayton has had an unbelievable uh, relationship with the NCAA down through the years, and great fan base there. And that's a, that's a beautiful building. They, they do you're a great job. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'll be watching. I think you're the only one on College Game Day apparently tomorrow. But uh, tune in to see Jay Billis. Who else is with you? Reese is Reese Davis is with you. Reese Davis, who's the only well coiffed one. Lafonso Ellis and Seth Greenberg. That is uh, <laughs> that is our fabulous, fabulous bald crew. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jay. Thank you, brother. Great to be with you. That's Jay Billis joining us from the University of Dayton. We are UD. We'll take a break here. Phone calls coming up, and uh, we'll update our poll results. Roy Williams will join us on the program coming up a little bit. Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. That's the call, courtesy of uh, MSG. Five goals in the overtime win against the Capitals. Next up for the Rangers, they take on the New Jersey Devils. That is your uh, Discover NHL Play of the Week. You want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year and does so automatically. 
Discover's accepted at over 95% of places in the United States that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2019 Nielsen report with that data. Limitations apply. Uh, Jeff in Detroit back on the program. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me today? What's going on, Dan? Yesterday you had a good interview with uh, Coach Carlisle, and you guys were talking about commercial travel in reference to uh, in, in the NBA. And I just happened to know the co-pilot of uh, Round Ball 1. Round Ball 1 in 1987 was the first uh, jet. Well, the Pistons was one of the first pro teams to have a jet. Um, they got stuck in Seattle on the game one day, and I think this was around 87, 88. And the owner, Bill Davidson, said, I wanted to look into, you know, getting a plane. Came home, talked to Delta later on. They, uh, I guess, worked out a deal where the Pistons were, like, one of the first pro teams with a plane, and they had an uptick in their performance. Everything started going better. And, I mean, think about being George Blaha. You don't have to hop from plane to plane. They had a um, – George Blaha was the announcer, and he had his own spot on said plane. And, uh, yeah, man, it was one of those things that you think about. Late 80s, early 90s, travel going from uh, state to state and doing it commercially, they must have been hell. Well, thank you, Jeff. Nobody breaks down Detroit Piston travel like we do in this ah. program. Yeah, nobody. Remember the buses in the 70s? Yeah, nobody breaks it down like we do. And thank you, Jeff, for helping us. I saw where uh, several Princeton students wrote an op-ed in the student newspaper criticizing the school's decision to make the former running back, Marshawn Lynch, the senior class day speaker this coming up in June. Not the commencement. This is just class day. By the way, Marshawn may still be a running back, an active one, but uh, how about that? He's the Seahawks running back, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Princeton announced that Lynch was uh, the speaker last week, and then um, the students called out the university's Class Day co-chairs for the selection because they said that they weren't involved in the process here. As seniors, we have been looking forward to the speaker announcement for months. The letter starts, Many of us were disappointed when we saw that this year's speaker was Marshawn Lynch, mainly because we did not feel included in the process there. Now, I think some other people were saying uh, there's other things here. They uh, talked about Marshawn Lynch, find... Uh, $50,000 one time, $100,000 for refusing to speak to the media. Uh, he's also had some uh, touchdown celebration gestures where he's grad- grabbing his crotch. But the uh, Princeton students, at least some of them, are up in arms. Kyle Brandt, who works for Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, and a Princeton grad. Uh, I'm not sure they understand how unique Marshawn's perspective is, how revered he is among athletes, and how different his voice is than the ones they hear in their classrooms. It's all valuable. I love the choice. My class day speaker was Bill Cosby. I looked at the list here of some of the other speakers, and it's you know it's a wide variety. Uh, Steve Carell from The Office, Brooke Shields. Uh, she, was, uh, she graduated from Princeton. Charles Gibson, who uh, was the anchor on World News Tonight, uh, Princeton grad. Katie Couric, Stephen Colbert, uh, Bradley Whitford from the West Wing, Bill Clinton, Chevy Chase, John Stewart, Jerry Seinfeld, James Baker, oh, uh, Christopher Nolan, the director who did uh, Inception and The Dark Knight and Memento. You know, when it comes to these things, I don't know if you ever make anybody happy, truly happy with who you have, but 
if if Marshawn Lynch and I I was shocked that Marshawn Lynch does this because I when I hear him he he doesn't say a whole lot but I know that he's a very interesting guy but when I saw that I was like all right good fine but it feels like there's always we wanted somebody special maybe Marshawn Lynch can tell you something that you don't know instead of somebody who just reiterates what you do know. Yeah, pretty. You think he'd be a little skittish on public speaking? Oh, okay. Like see to what you did with that. All right, all right. We'll work our way back. Into no, no, it. I know. Working our way back. Good in. to have you back. Good to have you back. Process. Yeah, it is. The one eighty degree thing. Yeah, but I I don't even remember who my commencement speaker. Now this isn't even the commencement speaker. This is just the class day speaker. I don't even remember who my commencement speaker was. It probably wasn't in great shape to hear a commencement speech anyway. <laughs> You're like, what? I got to be where? I got to where what? Roy Williams will join us coming up. Got a big game. Paulie thinks that North Carolina is beating Duke, right? Yeah. All in. All right. Final hour coming up. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. 